Hi everyone. Uh, this is Priyam. Uh, with uh, today, I'm, uh, I have uh, my uh, I have a privilege of introducing you to Sarthak Ahuja, uh, who's been a long-time friend. Sarthak is the partner at uh, Sandeep Ahuja and Co., one of India's youngest CAA/CFA, is also ISB gold medalist, and a lot of other three-letter and multi-letter acronyms uh, attached to his name that he can uh, talk about more. Uh, without further ado, Sarthak, welcome to Simplify with Asani for podcast. So I would love to know your journey, how it has been so far. Uh, how do you feel today, Satyam? Thanks so much, Priyam, for having me. I'm equally excited and so happy because we do have um, a, a history of working together on multiple things at Asanify, and I've always looked at the brand very positively as an enabler for chartered accountants. So I'm very happy to be a part of this podcast today. Uh, so much, Sarthak. Uh, very interestingly, you have also, I understand, written a, a fantastic new book. Uh, from uh, I've read a little bit from the excerpts, and I'm continuing to read it now. Uh, it's called uh, "Coffee Table and Startup Funding." If I'm not mistaken, it's called uh, "Daily Coffee and Startup Fundraising." Daily Coffee and Startup Fundraising. So those who are in need of urgent coffee and uh, also might need funding as an add-on, do uh, read that book. Uh, Sarthak, do you want to just maybe give us a quick, brief background about yourself and uh, what got you here? Sure. So I've I've always uh, been in Delhi. I was born here. I grew up in Delhi. So I'm a thoroughbred Delhi guy. And um, after my schooling, I signed up for an undergrad in finance at uh, Delhi University. It was at the Shahid Sukhdev College of Business Studies. Uh, I simultaneously signed up for CA, CS, uh, CMA. So those were the four courses I was trying to juggle. Uh, those of us who don't know what what do these acronyms mean? So so CA is Chartered Accountancy, which is the the main area of focus uh, is taxation and audit cs is company secretary which is more corporate law and cma is cost and management accounting so it's about management accounting management decision making those kind of uh, decisions all of these subjects are kind of related in some way it's just that you get to specialize in a particular subject in the overall uh, body of knowledge that you're studying of different subjects so cs has a focus on corporate law Cost and management accounting has a focus on uh, management decision making. You know, they all beautifully kind of came together. I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to be one of the youngest back then um, in India to have completed four degrees by the age of twenty-three. It was reported by um, you know the, the Financial Express, the Business Standard, a bunch of newspapers back at that time. It wasn't planned. It just so happened. Um, I I happened to join. Or did, did did you have typically uh, compared to the rest of us? Was it more well, less than? <laughs> I think I think what I what I like to say is ये बाल हमने धूप में नहीं कवाए. So so I think for those of us who are just listening into the podcast, Sarthak uh, is as clean shaven uh, as you can imagine, uh, and it's I'm sure a lifestyle choice. Uh, but Sarthak is does appear extremely presentable and despite his ministry. Uh, Yes, please, Sathya, go ahead. So, so that was that. Uh, both my parents had started an accounting firm, a CA firm, back in nineteen eighty six. You know, so eighty six, my father started it as a sole proprietor, as one person CA. Uh, in eighty nine, my mother joined him soon after they got married. So, since then, in twenty eleven, I joined them uh, after my undergrad to do my CA articleship. As soon as I was done, so that kind of ex- just out of curiosity, did you ever consider any other field other than accounting? 
No, so if if you know, like, do you, do you have a dog? Like, do you have a dog? Uh, you know, uh, no, or a pet? Unfortunately, but no. I have a dog lover, but I, okay. yeah, I don't. So, so you would have seen, like, when, when you know, dogs are probably just uh, six months old, people tend to do a great deal of, you know, doggy training. So it's like you, you give them a treat. You ask them to, you know, extend their arm, arm and be like, okay, let's you shake hands. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, so right. ever since I was in kindergarten, my parents would keep asking me, okay, what do you want to be, you know, when you grow up? And I would say astronaut and I, I want to be police and I want to be <laughs> an actor. But, the, but the, then they'd just say, okay, okay. And then when I said CA, I got a chocolate. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay, this, this gets you a chocolate. So I was doggy trained into... <laughs> Conditioned into this. Correct. <laughs> yeah, but how, how has your journey been since then? But why uh, suddenly MBA should CAs look to doing MBA? I understand you're, of course, from... No, so I think... You know, uh, amateur, ISB, yeah. That training kind of uh, gave me a lot of exposure in audit and tax advisory. But somehow I felt that I wanted to be more a business consultant than just a tax advisor. Uh, mm-hmm. Purely because of that, I recognize the importance of understanding how operations function, how marketing functions, how HR functions, and what is a more holistic view towards building businesses than just being an advisor in one one capacity. So mm-hmm. I always had it had this in mind ever since 10th grade that I wanted to do a great MBA after school. Um, so as soon as the CA course got over, I realized that the CA articleship of three period does not really count towards WorkEx for an MBA program, even at ISB. So I had to work for another two years after my articleship only with the sole focus that the month I complete two years, I have to apply. And it so happened the month I complete completed 24 months, I was eligible, I applied, I got through, was, was lucky enough. I think that year uh, I did my specialization in marketing and leadership mm-hmm. because I wanted to expose myself to those subjects. But that is shocking. Uh, why not finance? Why because I'd anyway studied so much of it in the past. Like I told you, the objective was to get a more holistic view. And uh, I think the toughest decision that year was to opt out of placements because... So from there only you thought you'll do your own thing? Correct. I mean, ISB is known as a consulting school. So everyone is looking forward to joining, you know, a McKinsey, BCG, Bain, Kearney. And I thought these big consulting firms mostly cater to, uh, you know, the big corporates. So for the actual need of business consulting is actually a great deal in startups and, you know, MSMEs of, of the country who actually just go on and discuss business problems with their own chartered accountant. And a lot of times your CA is not equipped or qualified to answer questions related to other aspects of business. So which is why I felt that that was a big market where there was an actual need which was not being catered to. Uh, So I thought that why not come back, start my own outfit which focuses on just serving business consulting, you know, requirements. Um, So when I came back, while the entity remained my parents' firm, uh, I set up a separate office altogether in Gurgaon, hired my team afresh, decided not to take on uh, assignments of audits, taxation, and solely focus on, um, as a starting point, as a go-to market, I picked up CFO services, but gradually extended to like bigger aspects and, and mm-hmm. you know, just steered towards investment banking for startups. So it so happened that now the 
vertical that I take care of. And we've set up another entity uh, where my wife is also a partner. She um, is a marketing expert. No, so she's she's worked with Sony Music uh, in marketing. Then she was in Facebook in global marketing. So I felt that to have a holistic consulting firm, you need finance, you need a marketing expert. And which is how both of us together take on more holistic assignments on, you know, building market sizing, go-to-markets, pricing, positioning, branding, um, financing. So all of that kind of comes together and now... Together in the same family, you have a complete complementary... Absolutely. So I think, uh, you know, m begins at home. As they say, you know, <laughs> charity begins at home. m begins at home, so... <laughs> Yeah, and so now, uh, as of now, you know what what differentiates uh, Sandeep Ojang or Vizavi, any other uh, you know top CA firms out there? So I think we're. I mean, um, I would say early on we realized the importance of content marketing, and this is because we were advising startups, mm-hmm. um, and we realized how content is is much more cost efficient to get customers customers acquired to build engagement, to build a community. And of course, with the Aditi, my wife's experience in, in the media space, you know, first working with Sony Music, where she was marketing movies and music for movies uh, to the country. Then moving on to Facebook, where she was, you know, she had insights on, you know, how social media networks work. So I think she was the one who came in with a lot of push that we need to build this as a vertical and do this. So, I mean, the, the whole overarching strategy I would definitely attribute to her right yeah, from social media influencers is is, is his wife is that <laughs> so I think a great deal of exactly like what how the frame should look to what should be the branding what kind of clothes to wear in the video what kind of topics to cover like everything that strategy so comes from marketing manager puzzle marketing manager and brand 100%, specialist. 100% I think so on anything related to marketing and content, like she has the veto. So I'll just say that, you know, whatever you say is the final decision, like no questions asked, you are the expert. So I, I thank her for enabling and allowing you to join this podcast. 100%, 100%, 100%, because she decides on uh, what we're doing and what is going to be the presence. So I think just adopting that early on, because what really stops a lot of professional firms from doing this, is we're always conditioned. It's with lawyers, it's with chartered accountants, conditioned that the code of ethics does not allow for any marketing. You know, so you're not allowed to advertise, you're not allowed to ask for work from anyone other than people from your own community, which are fellow CAs or fellow lawyers. You know, if if that's the case, the only kind of marketing they've been doing all through the years is just, you know, going to seminars, which are for chartered accountants. So essentially, it's just a lot of... Correct. It's word of mouth. And I feel with with content, it's not mm-hmm. really marketing because at no point are you really asking people to, you know, come on. It's thought leadership. Absolutely. So it doesn't go against the code of ethics in any way. Mm-hmm. And you are educating people and giving out like mm-hmm. advice for free for the benefit of the bigger community. And as a byproduct, this definitely kind of brings in business, which is which is the plus plus. Right. So you're saying there is a way to measure ROI uh, in in social media activity even for uh, you know professional services for hundred percent. We measure everything 
um, even within our firm in terms of metrics and we've seen a drastic difference like it's just the just the for example you know if if in tech products or in any kind of business they have a marketing funnel so the first end of the funnel is just lead generation after which your conversion at each point you know gets better so what happens with brand expenses that your conversions get better because people recognize your brand what happens with with content marketing and thought leadership i've realized is that even for qualified like you can qualify your leads with a with a monetary figure so you, know, you can say even to get on just an introduction call there would be a fee attached to it because the the lead funnel is that big right so i feel it really helps you establish that trust in the minds of the consumers and then know that if we ask a certain price or a fee it's because we can deliver that kind of value so i feel that's really changed the business it's you from any other firm who may not have done all this thought leadership i mean I think discovery is i think one of the biggest uh, benefit absolutely uh, absolutely 100% and then you're not geographically limited also to one location so so we do have clients internationally and in all parts of the country so it also exposes you to a to business problems to solve which are not geographically centered to the industries around your area like for example um, i live in gurgaon and traditionally our firm is catered to a lot of manufacturing companies in and around gurgaon a great deal of which are also related to the auto industry so you know because of maruti entered here and it set up like an entire infrastructure and this ecosystem of people supplying correct the the township so now what happens is with with clients in bangalore in in bengal in chennai in dubai in switzerland in in the us you're suddenly exposed to you know problems of varied varieties which also expands your horizon to be able to advise better in business mm-hmm. understood understood and uh, what what led you i mean as an extension of your uh, thought leadership what led you to think about writing a book I, because i understand it's a lot of effort i'm sure so i would love to know what inspired you to think about that so i think it came from a, a consumer gap in a consumer ask so two of the most commonly asked questions on my dms on social media are the first one being that can you recommend a book for business that whatever you're talking about where can we learn this and i have recommended over 50 books on my social media they're all on my highlight so people can see it but then how do you recommend someone to read 50 books like you need to give someone a starting point and something that holistically covers everything which is important and the second question was can you help me with raising funds for my startup so i felt these two questions there is a gap where every day there are questions coming in so it's a consumer need let's just put it together and push it out so in may we started the process and the idea was to ship it out as soon as possible so we set up a process where every alternate day uh we would have two hour calls where the publisher had given me a a a young girl a writer who was actually she's done her undergrad in in liberal arts so you know to explain all concepts to her so that she could transcribe and uh, you know put it down was great because she had no background in finance that means i had to explain it in a way
right sir so we were talking about uh, your book and you were saying that you know if your identity your publisher would uh, enable you or rather uh, uh, a lot of free flow and exchange of ideas so rafi what kind of uh, time investment does it require if someone wants to write about something they're passionate about and they know a lot so typically what kind of investment even pre writing is there some phase where before launching a business we always do some pre planning is there okay. something like that? so and then you about the publishing industry per se so it's it's known that you know uh, this is a stat i read somewhere that uh, penguin annually publishes about 60000 titles so in those 60000 titles half sell less than a dozen copies <laughs> and penguin is one of the most yeah penguin is one of the most uh, you know selective with picking picking authors and 98% of the books sell less than 5000 copies wow so which means the publishing industry is also like the vc industry <laughs> yeah that's exactly the parallel i was drawing so if which is why in the business book segment if you cross the 5000 copies threshold you know it it qualifies as a best seller by certain benchmarks this is this is not written anywhere but this is like a best seller also has different definitions but this is one accepted well benchmark metric right. correct it's like in films 100 crore is a club like there's no specific benchmark for 100 crore but uh, you or or a unicorn so to say like correct. there's nothing fundamentally different between a 900 million and a 1 billion dollar well valuation but yeah correct uh, so now imagine sure. your typical uh, royalty to an author is between 7.5% to about 12.5% depending on how superstar an author you really are but most first time authors get a 7.5% royalty now imagine you are selling 5000 books you've written a best seller and the book the price is about 300 rupees so i'm doing the math that's 15 lakh okay and on this you make 7.5% that's 1 lakh 12500 hmm. royalty if you've written a best seller you're in the top 2% of the books as an author and typically they average time correct and the average time to write a book is nothing less than 12 months 12 to 18 months because a person would write say you know 300 pages or so and then the entire process of pitching to a lot of publishers going through agents which may take 6 months 9 months someone picks up the book then they'll spend their own time editing reading doing revisions so the entire process is easily upwards of 12 months so thankfully um, we had people kind of publishing houses reaching out saying that we want you to kind of do a book on this subject and because correct correct and because there were already 500 videos on different topics i felt for us to put together a table of contents and you know organize it in a relevant order was not very difficult so the table of contents could be readied in just about a couple of hours uh, the visor who is my publisher reached out and the value add he promised this was going to be his first book he promised that i'm going to help you start a founder correct so he said i promise you we will push it out in 4 months what and i will give you all the support needed to push this out which i think was a great value add so then we built a process that every alternate day let's get on two hour calls i will explain uh, to ankita who was the girl transcribing everything that i was 
talking about i will take her through all the topics uh explain it to her so that she understands then she would transcribe edit and send it to me either i would add my input send it back and stuff but within a period of 3 months we could write the entire manuscript wow. and uh, simultaneously we worked on the cover um mm-hmm. and then fourth fifth month the book was out and we just pushed it out so the idea was to launch it as soon as possible take customer mm-hmm. feedback and then go in for a second edition so now that the first batch is almost sold out we're thinking for the second edition which we can launch in another month should we try changing the cover should we try change, getting like one more forward you know some edits based on customer feedback that we've already got in the past month can we just incorporate that and you know ship out a second edition so i think the whole startup mentality of you know understanding consumer feedback speed in execution iterating fast so all the principles we've used in the book as a product now the idea like how launching it, an mvp and then correct. you know improving it over time correct correct wonderful wonderful and uh, anything that surprised you about any customer feedback that you didn't you know or or was an aha moment when you know you got any customer feedback anything you'd like to share mm-hmm. i think the aha moment apart from just understanding about the industry was pricing i think pricing was very tricky uh so we were constantly thinking that what is going to be the best price for the consumer now the ways to think through this was one we wanted to add 10x value so now to add 10x value we thought that if an entrepreneur spends an hour or two with a professional just getting insights on a lot of basic questions around fundraising around uh, term sheet negotiation legal valuation all of that they will easily end up spending nothing less than 8 to 10000 and just getting clarity on all of this if we could package all of those faqs in a structure that they understand at 1/10th the cost by that logic even a price of 799 was adding 10x value that was one but the reference that the book industry you know the price reference that it sets is like a 499 so when someone is comparing it to other books they may still think this is expensive so then we we were like researching about you know how pricing works and again some of our pricing frameworks that we've used for clients but essentially how concerts ticket prices get you know uh decided so for concerts if if you were to decide what is the willingness to pay for customers it will form a bell curve and you will say for example most customers want to pay say 2000 rupees to attend this concert but there will be one extreme which is even happy to pay 1 lakh because they are such super fans mm-hmm. and real money is actually made again by power law by catering to that extreme to such a degree that all your profits come from there like a fat tail end so we realized that we had to position it in such a way that there is going to be a limited edition hard cover which will be author signed so that even people are ready to pay 3000 rupees for it but it will be sold at 799 so we just changed the reference point and the quality to getting like a real author signed with a message book for a 799 and added value there so we thought we're not going to sell at any discount it is going to be at that price 
and it did sell out in in no time. It's been a little over a month that we launched the book, and we the hard covers was were sold like an in pre-orders, and uh, the paperback is is just about getting over. Wow! And is, is there a online digital version or an audio version that you've done or you're planning to like so an audible? So so the audio version is being planned, so that will be released. Uh, the Kindle we're probably not doing at this point. That's a conscious decision. So it's only going to be paperback and hardcover. I think for the second edition, we may only release hardcovers. Um, we've listed about. Well, why is that? Just out of curiosity. It's about you know justifying the price point. We wanted to be something that so even the brief to the designer was that it has to signal an entrepreneur as smart if he is carrying it. Mm-hmm. So this signaling that I'm smart, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to raise funds for my startup. So he should. Feel the need to carry it, and the cover has to be Instagrammable. So that was the brief, which is why we feel that hardcover is necessary for this as a product at this point, as an asset. Um, and as the the second edition, we don't want to do paperbacks. We want to make it like an item you want to keep on your shelf. Like there are bunch of books I've read in read in digital versions, and I've liked them so much that I've just ordered the. The hardcover because I want it in my collection. So I think that's what we're aiming at with this book, and we definitely feel that this is like physical hardcover copy worthy. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful. So what what next for Sarthak Bahuja and you know Sandeep Bahuja and Co? What kind of new media, new uh, uh, ways, and new innovations are you planning now? No, I think so. What we've done with the book. uh we are thinking that we reduce the timeline with a bunch of manual effort with some tech tools the idea is now how can we productize this for a larger audience for more creators using ai like using the open source tools to convert their existing video content being transcribed and converted into text being structured in the form of book so that a product can be made out of their existing thought leadership content in in less than a couple of months Where otherwise the timeline is is eighteen months. So again, that's ten x value. So that's the product that we're trying to work on. Understood. Fantastic. And uh, anything that you'd like to share from the book? Any specific chapter or any any interesting insights that people can get a teaser? Think of it like a teaser for your book for any or anyone listening who would you know uh, want to read more about the you know yeah double click on that concept oh. on that thought. Would you want me to read something from it? So this is what it looks like. <laughs> so for those of us who are not able to see what you just showed, I, I think Sathya was just showing the cover of the book uh, in his hand. Any excerpts or anything that you want to share? Uh okay. So I think I'll just I've randomly opened a page. Let me let me see if this. I'm sure every single page is worth its weight in gold. Cool. I'll I'll read a paragraph and let's see if this makes sense to the audience here. So, should you search for the river first and build a dam on it, or should you build the dam and then hope for the river to flow through? Interestingly, many founders fail because they build dams where the river is yet to arrive, and when it does, they realize a dam wasn't really needed. The Ganges has 940 dams and barrages built on it, and it still flows through to the Bay of Bengal, serving and overcoming the needs of all those obstructions. Similarly, Godavari navigates through approximately 350 large and small dams. Smaller tributaries too have these constructed on them, 
but they have limited ability to support or survive beyond the point. Markets are like these rivers and startups are like dams. Large rivers support a large number of dams adequately, while smaller ones support only a limited few. Similarly, large markets can support a large number of startups without letting any of them go thirsty. In fact, it's believed that a large market can even support average ideas and teams just on the account of the total market size. Many investors give the highest weightage to the size of the market the startup serves while evaluating it. And sometimes, seemingly average executions get handsomely funded because the market size alone guarantees returns to some extent. So that was just a small paragraph. <laughs> no, it's a fantastic yeah. concept about, uh, you know, whether to work on something even if there's competition and distributaries and so on or work on something which has a huge market size vis-a-vis -vis going after something niche but maybe completely blue ocean. And uh, I think I, I love the analogy, uh, Satya. I'm sure, uh, you know, the, uh, more and more we we read the book, we'll come across some amazing eye-openers and, uh, you know, uh, uh, innovative concepts that you introduced. So it's very interesting. Uh, I, I can't wait to, uh, you know, start reading the rest of the book uh, uh, for myself. Uh, and uh, Satak, uh, just, you know, maybe moving on from your current journey and, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, about something new and different that is happening. So, I mean, post the pandemic, etc. Now, you know, we are more tech uh, friendly. We need more tech in our life because to cope with, you know, the new uh, changes in labor market that has been brought in. Anything uh, specific uh, that has been your experience, any tools that, you know, you love, top three to five tools that you use for yourself to make yourself more productive? Yeah, I think um, this is across industries. A lot of times new technology, as we all know, is seen as, you know, a competition to what you do. But I think it should be looked at that, um, you know, certain tools, like for example, there was a tool called Computax. Then there's a WebTel, which, and, and say now it's ClearTax, which has really made tax filing much easier than what it used to be earlier. So a bunch of CAs may feel that now the price of their services have gone down, you know, it's become a commodity. It's so much more difficult to make money. But if they look at it from the point of view that now all of this has probably increased efficiency by 10 times. You know, they can serve more, they can serve more people or they can get into other specialized fields which earlier they did not have the bandwidth to get into. So I think... For example, or what can be some of the new revenue sources for CAs? So, so for example, I think, uh, you know, payroll is something that even in our firm, while we don't do a lot of payroll uh, for for companies traditionally, but we've seen that for whatever limited few that we would take on those assignments as part of the, you know, a bigger portfolio of services that we were offering them. Payroll used to end up taking a great chunk of resources and time towards the end of the month where they would send in the data and it would take a lot of manual effort of running checks on those Excel sheets and stuff like that. The tool like Asanify has really speeded up the process and also removed a lot of, you know, transitional problems of data between versions being sent by HR to the accountant and then the version changes and some leave changes. So, you know, that way it, it integrates all of that at one place. Now, with all the time saved through this tech, I think the new age places are, uh, it's, it's to think of that, what is a higher ticket size mm -hmm. to go for? I feel investment banking, deal advisory is definitely something that a lot of smaller 
सीए फर्म्स कैन नाउ लुक एट बिकॉज अर्लियर दी सर्विसेज वर रिजर्व फॉर द बिग फोर और द बिग फर्म्स बिकॉज एनी वन गोइंग फॉर अ मर्जर एक्विजिशन और एनी सच डील वुड बी बिगर कंपनीज एवरी वन एल्स वॉज डूइंग लाइक यू नो प्राइवेट स्मॉल बिजनेसिस विच वर वेरी प्राइवेटली हेल्ड now almost any any person who comes up with an idea you know within 6 to 9 months needs this service and needs to raise funds and needs to bring in external uh, you know investors or stakeholders so if it so happens that uh, you know you're not equipped with that right knowledge you will not really be able to make that margin god and more and more i think the whole uh, entrepreneurship bug that you know many of us have been bitten by Uh, led us to start our own businesses. I think for CAs also, I've seen that 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 is quite true. That many people who have been working as senior uh, professionals in the finance field are starting their own practices, and they also want to you know be that be an entrepreneur and do their own thing. Is that has that been your experience? Hundred percent. I think you know at some point people do realize that there is some kind of a glass ceiling that that you cannot pass in employment. and a lot of times when people see that you know i've spent 15 years in this company and the next amount is what i'm earning uh, which is great from an industry standpoint but any colleague who started with their own business and has spent 15 years doing it would be earning multifold where initially in their journey of course they would have they would have made much lesser so that's a trade off you really make and a lot of times people realize that okay better late than never <laughs> so I think that has definitely added a great deal uh, right. to the ecosystem. Plus, no code. I feel you know, no code tools have enabled CAs hmm. to solve for smaller finance-related problems or data reporting-related problems for for businesses, which helps them become uh, better, more efficient problem solvers for businesses. Saying that okay, you are facing this data-related problem, why not set up like a Glide app or or you know a notion page to collect this data pass it on to someone else and why not set up an air table you know to to product like do you productize it so 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 do you uh, think that there's a need to uh, retake some for uh, you know some of the c firms and the professionals working there or you feel they are already uh, you know enough uh, knowledge with you know what what people study during c exams or do you think there's a need for ongoing re-education and re-learning for some you know i think see the, how i look at it the half life for any career now is less than 5 years so whatever you are studying and learning today whatever you are skilling on in 5 years all of that will be irrelevant because either ai or tech will be doing it sure so at any point i mean for me content is a system for me to ensure i'm learning every day because i have to come up with a new insight daily related to business which means with to to create one unit of output you need to do at least 20 units of input to come up with that one insight so that means that if i'm making a one minute video in the background every day it takes me at least 2 hours of just studying about business and it's not been conscious it's just automatically happened because i create content so i feel for me the metric for content creation or my journey as a content creator to which i spend not more than 20 minutes a day in shooting a video and publishing it mm-hmm. the rest of the day i'm just working on my business but what it is automatically ensured there's every day 2 hours i'm just studying about new trends new industries upskilling myself so i think that for me is a much bigger takeaway than any amount of 
uh, following or size of community because that's a byproduct. So you're you're saying in order to teach, I need to learn first, and that helps you know everyone uh, react that uh, you know on on their toes. So correct. So with so many varied interests, Sadhguru, like, what is a typical day in your life like? So uh, I think are there any typical days? I I do try to follow like a routine. So the routine. I mean, if you can share, I'm sure many of us would you know learn a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I rise up like really late. I I wake up at about eight o'clock. So it's not not part of the five a.m. club or anything. Oh, so you're saying eight is is really late in in your? Uh... Yeah. If you were to ask my parents, it's it's horrible. They didn't raise me ah. <laughs> to wake up at eight a.m. So, oh my God! So I wake up. At, <laughs> you should uh, talk to some of the techies that work with us. <laughs> For them, ten a.m. is early. <laughs> but yeah, so I think each person has their own, you know, biological clock. But correct. okay, so you wake up at eight. So I wake up What at then? eight eight thirty. <laughs> I wake up at eight eight thirty. I get ready for work. Uh, while breakfast is getting ready. Uh, I will quickly read through like a few of the important newsletters that I'm subscribed to. Uh, quickly have breakfast, get to my desk. Uh, my daily schedule in terms of the calls and everything is already on the calendar. Certain tasks that I need to do. So the while the to-do list is really long, I will try and break it down to three things that I need to get done today, at any cost. So those three things I'll start working on. All my calls are typically scheduled for the second half, because the first half of the day I just want to. Get done with you know all the tasks that I've planned for the day. Second half is a lot of calls. I prefer to do those calls on audio only, so that I can go behind my house. There's a there's a small park which is very exclusive. It's kind of silent and no one comes there. So I do about two hours of brisk walking while I'm doing those calls, so that I can hit my twelve thousand steps uh, for the day. After that, I get back to my desk. I get back to doing those tasks, following up with people, lot of other. Random stuff that just comes through the day, which is unplanned. Uh, managing all of that, my team leaves at about seven uh, o'clock. So seven to eight thirty or so, I'm doing my own desk work in silence. Eight thirty nine, I come up. Uh, what What's great is my office is in the same building, so my daily commute yeah, time is like correct. So uh, seven seconds is my commute time. <laughs> one of the perks of uh, yeah. At the risk of falling down a flight of stairs and broken, breaking my kneecaps, like seven seconds is the fastest I can do it. And uh, then yeah, so in the night I I spend some time with my wife. She's also like we discuss. Okay, she does a lot of the negotiations and the deals and like a great deal of the marketing effort. So we discuss like work over tea and stuff. Uh, in the night we'll watch some TV. Then she is an early sleeper, so she goes to bed early, which early is about eleven thirty, twelve, which is really late for her. But it's early for me. So between twelve to one thirty, uh, I alternate. If I've not gotten a great deal of reading done through the day, I do that reading in the night. So about one and a half, two hours of studying, I pick up a book. So I'm either reading a book on my iPad because I can't have the lights on. Because she's a light sleeper, so I'm reading a book on my iPad, or um, I am if I'm done with my insights for the day, I'm done with like whatever I wanted to read. Then I'm just 
like doing a bit of social media is looking at what are the trends what's working so what so, do you follow uh, you know on social media is there, are there some influencers or are there some books uh, you know that you would like to recommend anything i follow very few people on social media but the kind of content i like is i really enjoy podcasts like these i enjoy my favorite podcast is um you know the matrix partners matrix moments podcast Wow. and i was heartbroken to see that their youtube channel has just 5000 subscribers <laughs> where the value add they give on their podcast i have not seen on any other business podcast so that i think is is amazing um even the barber shop by uh, you know shantanu desh pande recently was was great i thought it, those were great conversations mm-hmm. um the moonshot podcast i listen to I listen to the Indian Silicon Valley podcast. I'm a great watch fanatic. So at times I listen to Hodinki, which is a watch related podcast and magazine. So that Right. Thanks Arpit so much for your time. Uh, anything else? Uh, so where where can our what is the best way to reach you for our audience if someone wants to reach out to you? So on Instagram I'm at csartakahuja. Um mostly when people write to me i'm i read every message oh. uh, wherever there's an ask i make sure i reply if it um uh, deserves or qualifies for a longer chat i ask for a brief mm-hmm. that goes to my email i'm not going to give that email here sure. so that goes to my email and that will say instagram secondly is a linkedin or linkedin correct so sarthak ahuja on linkedin these two will be sufficient i i mostly go through and just all my messages i may be two days late in responding but what i do of course fantastic thanks so much satak for your time uh, i hope you enjoyed uh, you know a little chat i, I learned a lot and i hope uh, and a shout out to uh, everyone who's listening to check out the book that satak just mentioned uh, satak you want to just hold the book one more time for anyone who's watching this There you go. You saw it here. Uh, Tea is coffee and start a fundraising by Satyagya Ujha. Thanks everyone. Have a wonderful day ahead. Bye bye. Thank you. Right. Uh, thanks, Satyagya, so much for your time. Uh, anything else? Uh, so where where can our what is the best way to reach you for our audience if someone wants to reach out to you? So on Instagram, I'm at ca Satyagya Ujha. Uh, mostly when people write to me, I'm I read every message. Oh. Uh, wherever there's an ask. i make sure i reply if it um uh, deserves or qualifies for a longer chat i ask for a brief that goes to my email i'm not going to give that email here so that goes to my email <laughs> one is the instagram secondly is a any linkedin or linkedin correct so sarthak ahuja on linkedin these two will be sufficient i i mostly go through and just all my messages i may be two days late in responding but but i do Of course, fantastic! Thanks so much, Satyak, for your time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, uh, you know, our little chat. I, I learned a lot, and I hope uh, and a shout out to uh, everyone who's listening to check out the book that Satyak just mentioned. Uh, Satyak, you want to just hold the book one more time for anyone who's watching this? There you go. You saw it here. Steal uh, is coffee and start a fundraising by Satyak Ujha. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful day ahead. Bye bye. Thank you. Right. Uh, thanks, Arthak, so much for your time. Uh, anything else? Uh, so, where where can our what is the best way to reach you for our audience if someone wants to reach out to you? So, on Instagram, I'm at ca Arthak Ahuja. 
mostly when people write to me I'm, I read every message uh, wherever there's an ask I make sure I reply if it uh, deserves or qualifies for a longer chat I ask for a brief that goes to my email I'm not going to give that email here so that goes to my email and that what qualifies for Instagram secondly is a LinkedIn or LinkedIn correct so Sarthak Ahuja on LinkedIn these two will be sufficient I, I mostly go through contest all my messages I may be two days late fantastic. in responding but but I do of course fantastic thanks so much Sathak for your time uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, you know our little chat I, I learned a lot and I hope uh, and a shout out to uh, everyone who's listening to check out the book that Sathak just mentioned Sathak you want to just hold the book one more time for anyone who's watching this there you go. You saw it here. Uh, Tail is coffee and startup fundraising by Satagoja. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful day ahead. Bye-bye. Thank you. Right. Uh, thanks, Satagoja, so much for your time. Uh, anything else? Uh, so where, where can our... What is the best way to reach you for our audience if someone wants to reach out to you? So on Instagram, I'm at Um uh, Mostly when people write to me, I'm, I read every message. Uh, oh, wherever there's an ask... I make sure I reply. If it uh, deserves or qualifies for a longer chat, I ask for a brief that goes to my email. I'm not going to give that email here. So that goes to my email and that qualifies for Instagram. Secondly, is any LinkedIn? LinkedIn, correct. So Sarthak Ahuja on LinkedIn. These two will be sufficient. I, I mostly go through all my messages. I may be two days late in responding, but but I do. Of course. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Satak, for your time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, uh, you know, our little chat. I, I learned a lot. And I hope, uh, and a shout out to uh, everyone who's listening to check out the book that Satak just mentioned. Satak, you want to just hold the book one more time for anyone who's watching this. There you go. You saw it here. Steel uh, is coffee and startup fundraising by Satak Ahuja. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful day ahead. Bye-bye. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Sarthak, so much for your time. Uh, anything else? Uh, so where, where can our, what is the best way to reach you for our audience if someone wants to reach out to you? So on Instagram, I'm at Ahuja. Uh, mostly when people write to me, I'm, I read every message. Uh, oh, wherever there's an ask, I make sure I reply. If it okay. uh, deserves or qualifies for a longer chat, I ask for a brief that goes to my email. I'm not going to give that email here. So that goes to my email <laughs> and that quote. One is uh, Instagram. Secondly, is there any LinkedIn? LinkedIn, correct. So Sarthak Ahuja on LinkedIn. These two will be sufficient. I, I mostly go through all my messages. I may be two days late in responding, but, but I do. Of course. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Sarthak, for your time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, uh, you know, our little chat. I, I learned a lot. And I hope uh, and a shout out to uh, everyone who's listening to check out the book that Satak just mentioned. Uh, Satak, you want to just hold the book one more time for anyone who's watching this. There you go. You saw it here. Steel uh, is coffee and startup fundraising by Satak Ahuja. Thanks everyone. Have a wonderful day ahead. Thank you. Thank you.